My friends, welcome to another moment of Black History Moment with Bo. And I am so glad that you took time to join me today, this last day of Women's Month. And I just want to let you know that every month is Black Women's Month as far as this show is concerned. And I will bring them out of the darkness to you. You know, there are few guarantees in life. But here's one guarantee you can take to the bank. I will never sacrifice who I am just because someone has a problem with it. And just because they do not like my posts doesn't mean they don't hear them. I keep planting the seeds. Their subconscious mind is awake, even if their conscious mind is asleep. So I hope this is a good day for you. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you have always imagined. And I'm going to slip into darkness and tell you about Margaret and Matilda Peters. As Serena and Venus Williams play out the end of their careers, debates have risen about their place in tennis and American history. Some call Serena Williams the greatest female tennis player of all time. Journalist Ian Crouch recently wrote a story for the New Yorker proclaiming Serena as America's greatest athlete. Few dispute that the sisters are one of the most dynamic sibling duos in sports history. Yet perhaps even fewer know that the Williams sisters weren't the first African-American siblings to take tennis by storm. That distinction belongs to Margaret and Matilda Romanian Peters, sisters from Washington, D.C., who wild crowds with their spectacular doubles play in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Nicknamed Pete and Repeat, respectively, the Peters sisters played on the American Tennis Association, a league formed to give African Americans a chance to play competitive tennis at a national level. Established in 1916 and still alive today, the ATA is the oldest black sports organization in the U.S. Similar to the Negro Leagues in baseball, the ATA offered top black tennis players who were denied access to all-white professional leagues a stage to showcase their talents. The ATA sponsored tournaments throughout the country. And although top players didn't make a living from these tournaments, they were indeed stars. The Peters sisters were often asked to pose for publicity shots and sign autographs. Crowds of black and whites traveled to watch them play. Known for their slice serves, powerful backhands, and quick chop shots, the Peters sisters became pseudo-celebrities. Margaret, sometimes called Big Pete, was the oldest by two years, 
and the taller sister. Matilda, repeat, was the younger, feistier sister. Now, according to Cecil Harris's book, Charging the Net, A History of Blacks in Tennis, actor and dancer Gene Kelly, stationed at a naval base near Washington, D.C. during World War II, dropped in to watch the sisters play in 1944. Kelly would also play tennis with the Peters sisters when he was in town. January 10, 1942, edition of the Afro-American newspaper, the famous Peters sisters made headlines for winning a fourth consecutive doubles title. You see, like the Williams sisters, the Peters sisters began playing tennis as young girls at a park across from their home in Georgetown and they were recruited to play at Tuskegee University. So close were they that Margaret waited for her sister to graduate high school so they could enroll at Tuskegee together. Segregation and discrimination forced the ATA to hold most of its tournaments at historically black colleges and universities. These tournaments became social events for affluent blacks. The annual national championships were highly anticipated and included parties, formal dances, and fashion shows. Yeah, you know, we're going to turn it into a party. (laughs) But the truth is the ATL operated in a parallel existence to the United States Lawn Tennis Association now the USTA. Before the 1950s, the USTA refused to allow blacks to compete against whites. This included a talented young player named Althea Gibson, who was making noise on the ATA tour. Gibson, younger than the Peters by nearly a decade, moved quickly up the ranks of the ATA tour. She won the national championship in 1944 and 45. She suffered a loss in the finals in 1946 before winning 10 straight titles from 1947 to 1956. And that loss was to Matilda Repeat Peters, the younger sister. Matilda is the only African-American woman to ever defeat Gibson. Four years later, pressured by the ATA officials and Alice Marble, Gibson was invited to compete in the U.S. National Championships. Now the U.S. Open. Already in her mid-twenties, Gibson made her debut at Forest Lawn in 1950. Two years later, George Stewart would become the first black man to play at the U.S. Open. Meanwhile, the Peters sisters, like so many other talented African-American tennis players, remained on the ATA tour. They dominated the ATA, winning 14 doubles championship, a record that still remains. Matilda also won two ATA singles titles. Unfortunately, by the time the color lines began to be broken, The sisters were in their mid-thirties. 
about the age Venus and Serena Williams are now. One's mid-thirties are hardly the years to begin a professional tennis career. In 2003, the USTA, the same organization that denied African Americans a chance to compete during most of the sisters' careers, honored the Peters duel with an achievement award during the Fed Cup quarterfinals in their hometown. The Peters sisters were also inducted into the USTA's Mid-Atlantic Section Hall of Fame in November 2003. They were inducted into the Black Tennis Hall of Fame in 2012. Matilda died of pneumonia in May 2003. Margaret died in November 2004. It's hard to say how their games would have stacked up against those of Helen Willis Moody and Alice Marble. It would have been nice to see. However, desegregation doors didn't swing open for African-American athletes, as was the case with Jackie Robinson in Major League Baseball and Nate Sweetwater Clifton in the NBA. In the 1950s, only a hand-picked select few were given opportunities. That's why, although they reached prominence in tennis decades before the Williams sisters, it seems odd to classify the Peters sisters as pioneers. After all, they played tennis at Tuskegee, a university that had been offering tennis since the 1890s. Man, how is that for a bit of knowledge? Long after the Peters sisters retired from tennis, the ATA continued to attract black players. Lori McNeil, Shonda Rubin, and Zena Garrison all played in the ATA. Garrison, a Wimbledon finalist in 1990, won the ATA singles title in 1979 and 1980, and the doubles titles in 1980 and 1981. Instead, consider the Peters sisters' forgotten stars. Their stories tucked away in the darkness beneath the weight of segregation have existed all along. Gibson, the first African-American to win a Grand Slam, is the pioneer. The Peters sisters, like several talented African-American baseball players who made Negro League All-Star teams that left Robinson off, were simply the unlucky, uninvited. They lacked an invitation, not talent. Those who watched them compete witnessed two dynamic and athletic tennis superstars. Even as they accumulate posthumous accolades, their unearthed stories shine a light on misplaced tennis gems. There you have it, my friends. Margaret and Matilda the shoulders that the Williams sisters stood on. And let's give them their props. The Williams sisters stood on those shoulders, proud and strong and steady, just like the Peters sisters that held them up with no scandals, no embarrassments. Just true athletes that came out of historically black 
colleges and universities. You got to admit, integration gave us a lot, but it also took a lot from us. May you rest in peace, Margaret and Matilda, and know that your story has been told. And I hope someone in the near future will pick up this little story I have brought to you and carry it on. Until next time, my friends, it's been my honor. <laughs>